So it's kind of like, let's just, I just kind of want to sort of like set the groundwork as to like what's happening here. Uh, two of the guys, well, Tim, Tim is in, in vaca on vacation. Let's just say he's on vacation and Paul's on vacation. And our fan, I'm not going to say fans, but our fan um, was as like, where are you guys? Well, aren't you guys going to go live? So it's like we wanted to <laughs> not leave them out, that, that one fan that we have. <laughs> and uh, so we decided to do an impromptu show. We got, you know, scrounged up everything together. We have we don't have everything that we wanted if we don't have the lovely soundboard. soundboard but uh, yeah. we're going to make the most out of it. It's just uh, myself, Captain Ben, with Mr. Noel Garcia. Hey. Good evening. Yes, indeed. And let's just, with that out of the way, let's actually just really just get the show started. And first thing we, uh, I do want to do some, uh, housekeeping, I guess you can say, and quickly yeah. mention that, uh, any, uh, the upcoming events that are taking place is the, uh, LZ Invitational taking yeah. place at Orlando Speed World, December 19th. Mm -hmm. And then I believe I've heard... That have you heard anything about uh US Drift Circuit for the next event? No, I have not actually. I haven't seen any no. much from their uh Instagram or their Facebook pages or anything of that sort. I do know that Chris Jackson is currently in Indianapolis for PRI, which is uh like a trade show, kind of a small SEMA. So But don't they wouldn't they usually host it in Orlando or something? That they, they move it around. I, from what I've seen, they move it around. They had one, I believe, down here in South Florida. Then they went to Orlando, and I don't know. It's just every time I see Jackson going to PIRI, is somewhere else. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting how that works. Yeah, I do recall uh, after he did the um, the Clutch Kickers Fun Day event, which mm -hmm. took place like, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, at some point, but uh, as soon as he finished the event, he went and took off on an airplane. I'm like, look yeah. at this jet setter. It's like trying to be a, like Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. All over the place. I mean, yeah, he is world famous. I get right. it. But don't flaunt it. Yeah, for real. Not loud. And, and, it, and, and it looked like a private jet, didn't it? Or what was it? a? No, it, I just saw a quick picture of it. And didn't look in. It looked like he was walking up to it like you would as a private jet, you know, on, on the runway. Uh, the only the only thing missing was like the red carpet, the the uh, champagne bottles, <laughs> uh, the hula girls. Well, the red carpet, I understand. They know it's Chris Jackson. He's gonna get it dirty, so they, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, that's just nuts. So, um, why don't we just go ahead and get started and talk about uh, in order of events? So, before we had the fun, the event that took place first, right? Or was there another event that took place uh, before that? There was. I mean, uh, well, actually, no. Uh, sorry. In order of events, I believe the first major uh, piece of news that took place was the announcement of Adam LZ yeah. joining the RTR program. Yeah. And I'm sure you were ecstatic to hear about that. Uh, it was pretty cool to hear about it. I, I kind of had a feeling around Irwindale when he announced that the S15 was done. Like it was, that was the last time you were ever going to see it. And the car didn't even run that weekend except for one practice session. And then, uh, when he made the video and saying goodbye to the S15, I was like, well, I know he's really good friends with the RTR guys. He's always hanging out with them, and he's he's one of the very few to ever drive Von Gittin's competition car, which he did uh, early 2020. 
not many people have that opportunity. So I'm like, there's a lot of things that add up to to that. That is like, it's going that way. But then I'm like, but he runs his own program and he's, you know, LZMFG, Drift HQ, all this stuff he's got under, under his name that is like, how are you going to let that go? But the announcement didn't surprise me, but I did. Uh, it, it was uh, still kind of like, wow, it, it came to fruition. It's kind of still shocking in a way. So, but I'm, I'm excited to see what he what he can do in, in that car because or with that team, because you could see in his um, in the video where he starts like practicing with Chelsea taking tips from Vaughn and Chelsea and you can see him progressing throughout the day especially in his tandem chasing where he was chasing Chelsea all day when in the beginning of the day he was losing Chelsea uh throughout the run but then later in the day you can see he starts like catching up to him and even getting right onto his door so I think you know with the proper training and 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 such a, and a team like that behind him, it's he's gonna be somebody to look out for. Uh, we're not gonna say championship level just yet, but you never know. I well, going back to what you were saying about the speculation, I think that if you were uh, an avid follower of Adam LZ's uh, adventures and journeys, and you will kind of, kind of, you could easily tie all the dots mm-hmm. together and. Yeah, just like you, I wasn't surprised with the announcement, mm-hmm. seeing as how there was just all these uh, moments that took place that just made you think like, okay, well, there's something going on over here. Mm-hmm. And then when, of course, he mentioned that this is the last time we're going to see the S15, like you mentioned uh, as well. He was selling the rig, mm-hmm. that huge rig that he bought. And he also at some point mentioned how it was, um, it was I want to say a financial mistake. But it was very financially draining mm-hmm. for him to embark on this uh, season self-funded. Yeah. Even though, sure, um, he was getting a lot of business through his company and then Drift HQ's partnership. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, you can kind of tell that it's really... And, and based on what others have said where they they feel that you need to have like a major or almost like a manuf- auto manufacturer back you know backing mm-hmm. in order to actually make it uh, well say like break even at least yeah well i mean there are, there are drivers that well also to add on to your point is that also von getting retiring at the same time that Adam LZ's uh, S15 is going into retirement and all this happening. It's like, okay, come on, you know, but, uh, but yeah, as far as like making it an FD, I mean, uh, the first, uh, a lot of the people who make it have to last about six years to really like really start making it to where they're starting to make a little bit of money or actually being able to fund it. That's this is what I've heard from a lot of uh, drivers on other podcasts and stuff that it's. A, and also the, uh, all the press conferences you attend. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I'm always at everything apparently. Uh, but I, you know, like with Matt field, Matt field's a great example where for the first few years he was struggling, you know, made, he could barely make it into the top eight or whatever. And, but you could see that little by little, he started progressing. And then by around year six or seven, 
he really started making a lot of progression and started winning events and or getting really far into them. And he was also saying that, hey, my program is starting to make money now. He's not backed by an auto manufacturer or anything like that, but he still has big backing through Falcon, uh, you know, and then he's got a bunch of little shops that help him out with powered by Max. And all, and then he has his own shop where he builds pro drift cars where people, his clients are his competitors. So he can really like build some really cool stuff and get paid through that as well. So I think, and then, you know, I'm pretty sure Chevy's really excited that the Corvette's doing really well. Hopefully, they can uh, send them a C8. We'd like to see a mid-engine drift car out there. But uh, <laughs> how? I don't want to get into that. I kind of do just to kind of like break down the possibilities of like what can and can't happen with mm-hmm. that. But I, I just don't want to spend the whole night just nah, yeah. really kind of like thinking like, well, it could go this way. It could go this other way. They could adjust the suspension in so many different ways. Oh, yeah. And which they do already. Yeah. And you have to, the, there's an argument that the builds today are sort of like, if not they're if they're not at NASCAR level, they're very close to it mm-hmm. where there's like very little to no similarities with the actual original car. Right. Per se, it's not like before. Right. Remember, it, it will get like a stock car and then just go fix it up and go race. But now right. it's like it's just a shell. Yeah. And which even then doesn't really help identify it. The only thing you, you could say is that, OK, they use a stock geometry like they place the suspension play, uh, points uh, in all the same places. But they do so much tinkering around that at these cars. Yes, it is. I would say it's getting close to NASCAR level. I would say that NASCAR obviously has more money and all that, but these cars now are. And on top of that, think about the liberties that, that a drift car has over something like NASCAR or IndyCar, where it's like they have a set strict set of rules where they can't go outside of and drifting. You can do a lot. And so the, for now, for now, and, but it's it's showing that, you know, somebody can really come in and engineer something within the rules that is going to be crazy. Look at Papadakis. Look at RTR. Look at all, Forsberg. Like, all those big teams, their cars are insane. Like, that's not something you can drive, you can take from that racetrack and put it on the street because that thing is just, that it's made to go sideways and it's going to be nuts. But we got confirmation from... King of Spring Break, Patrick Gooden, who told mm-hmm. us that, that it's like, there's no way, it just drives horrible, but yeah. you just got to make it work because there's no other way. Right, right. That I mean, it, in competitive drifting, that's what, you, what you're looking for. The craziest car that works going sideways. That doesn't mean it's going to work going down the road. So it's not like before, like you said, when it first came over here in the early 2000s, where people were taking streetcars with slight suspension modifications and maybe a little bit more power and then going out there and sliding their car and driving it back home. It's not the same. So uh, big evolution there. But uh, going back to Adam LZ. Oh, I was going to say how far back. Yeah, because we kind of like veered off. Don't worry about it. Just keep going. Roll with the punches. Uh, I think this is a big opportunity for Ford as well. Uh, I mean, Mm. Adam LZ is a huge name in social media and in the youth when it comes to like the the car, the car guy. Sorry to cut you off, but like how far? 
because they have so much going on forward. Like their big right. thing right now, like just looking at the the whole uh, company as a whole, their big thing right now is electrification. Right. So drifting and isn't electrified yet. Not yet, but Vaughn is talking very highly about that. You know, that he does want to come, that something that could possibly happen when he comes back is having an electric drift car. So, uh, which is kind of weird we've already seen that <laughs> and i've seen it in person it's very weird with the with the el1 camaro uh that uh travis reader drove a couple of seasons back but um but either way i think i think it can happen you know electric uh, electrification uh can happen for a drift car if with the right engineering and i think ford just you know i mean if you have ford backing you up why not you know so uh but I think it's still an opportunity for Ford to have LZ bring in a younger crowd, you know, to be excited about their product. So, and I mean, it's obviously a big help for LZ too, being backed up by Ford. You know, it's, you know, he was saying it was financially draining to run a formula drift season and with, you know, what he had. And we know that LZ, I'm not trying to, you know, say that, you know, he's, (laughs) You know, he's so much above, but I mean, we know that he's, he's above got, what? you know, above I'm just what? saying like money wise, Oh, you okay. know, like he's financially stable, but it's still like, it's still a lot, you know, an FD season. Some of these guys are running over, you know, 250,000 a year for a lower end team. So it's, it's pretty crazy. You know, I, I can't imagine. Are these facts or are these figures that you've calculated no, in your I've, mind? I've seen them in interviews. Oh. Red Dan had an okay. interview with about that. Yeah, so that's what they're that's what they're spending for, and he's a lower end team. Red Dan, you know. So, so I mean, can you imagine what some of these but other teams? What, what do you consider low end? Like, okay, uh, well, I, he doesn't have the backing of Ford, Toyota, or Nissan. Oh, okay, I see what you, you know. Mean. Like Forsberg, Osbo, Vaughn, those people have that kind of backing where they'll spend. A million dollars a year on a drift program, you know. So he's got to do it with much less. I don't know if they're actually spending a million dollars, but no, uh, I don't think so. I mean, if you're spending, think okay, if you're spending a million dollars on a drift program, either a you're doing well. First off, you have to like ensure that you're getting results from it mm-hmm. because you don't want to be like, for instance, Toyota and Formula One when they were like the number one spender mm-hmm. out of all of the teams and it got them no results. Right. And in the end, it was for the most part, a, um, a failure okay. overall because it never really got them a championship. So forth. So if you're spending a million dollars, you definitely got to expect results compared to what mm-hmm. Dan is, what you said, Dan is what? 250, about 200, 250,000 a year. Okay. So, so that's like what? Four times the budget. Yeah. Okay. Four times the budget. Yeah, and Dan's car is nowhere near what those other cars are. His his program is much more limited in a lot of other ways. His his rig is not the only one that that I would say is like well, not, I can't even say that because they still run two cars. Is is Papadakis? Papadakis when it was just Osbo on, on the team without Turk, it was like a small trailer. But I'm pretty sure now with two cars and all that, they got to run a whole rig. I mean, just looking at Von Gittens rig is like whoa that thing is insane it's huge and we saw 
we saw the uh, the fun haver rig over at uh at clutch kickers and that thing was huge can you imagine with all the equipment all the spare engines that they run all the spare parts i mean they have and they engineer their own parts too well you said that those engines are pretty much bulletproof it doesn't matter they still have to have backups yeah but not to the extent like as some of the other teams where they're breaking engines left and right you even said it yourself that those was it? Well, they're not coyote motors. No, those right? aren't coyotes. Those are Roush Yates RY45s. Whatever that is. Yeah. What you just said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, and you follow the team like pretty closely. What was the last time they had an engine failure? Mm. See, there you go. You're having a hard time trying to figure ago. it out. So, you're having a hard time. So, I feel like maybe they're not really going over budget in regards to the engine because they're like, okay, we trust this. We got a good thing going. Mm-hmm. And let's just focus on other things. Yeah, but it's not like... And I think and I think, more of the budget is getting directed towards the bumpers compared to the... <laughs> so, I feel like the bumper budget is bigger than the engine budget. <laughs> yeah, you could say that, uh, That yes, the cars are reliable and all that, but they, they still have to have backups just in case. You never know. I mean, two years ago... Vaughn blew a motor because a rock got into the uh, belt system of the oil oil sump system and it 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 threw off his oil and he lost pressure blew a motor and he just because it happened right before uh the top 32 he couldn't run or qualifying one of Wait, those you said a rock got into yeah Vaughn so Vaughn got to smell what he was cooking huh see what it did there yes i saw what you did there <laughs> <laughs> All right, so dad jokes. Yeah, no worries, but we're so good at those. Yeah, it, it, um, so going back, uh, I mean, it's great. Mm-hmm. Let's see what he does. I um, I couldn't help myself but to fee- see a lot of parallels with um Adam and Chelsea, mm-hmm. where they ran their own program. They struggled. Mm-hmm. I, well, I feel like Chelsea struggled a lot longer, and eventually he was able to find the right team that allowed him to not worry about maybe I would say like 75% of what it takes to run and maintain the program. Yeah. Obviously all of the, um, uh, you know, the, the car that he was running, the engines that he kept replacing, um, the body panels that he kept replacing after all of the contacts that he kept having. Yeah. And so, yeah, that takes a toll. And then eventually you know, from one team to another and then ended up in RTR. And so far he's been there ever since. And you see his progression has, has gone up higher, a lot faster. Yeah. And it, it definitely worked out for him because he could have been one of those individuals where you, you, you saw the potential, but then he couldn't find a, 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 a good sponsor or a good car. Mm -hmm. And then he might've just sort of just, decided to just you know this isn't for me yeah and there's been so many drivers in the history of the sport or any any motorsport that's fine uh any motorsport uh that you know that and that you may have watched that people do have that potential it's just that they didn't have that luck where you know somebody came and picked them up or you know whatever and not to say that adam lz is 100 percent lucky he's worked real hard to get where he's at you know to have that name recognition i mean anywhere you go if you see a guy that's into cars they know who adam lz is so it's uh so well, yes there, there's people that that don't oh yeah there, there's people that don't mostly, they're like they they go around as like who is that 
<laughs> like, well, why are all those people just huddled around him? Right, That's right. Big... I mean, you know, I guess the older crowd, but you know, I'm just saying more. You know, the youth and people who are have been more recent, uh, more people that have been into cars more recently. They know who he is. I mean, he his channel on YouTube is just crazy. I mean, are there a few other people that have more than him in the automotive YouTube world? Yeah, I mean, Chris Fix is the most <laughs> watched uh, automotive. Uh, YouTuber. What, uh, what about uh, Renato? Remember Renato? Yeah, Renato. he's got a bigger. I mean, following. it's like we all we're all like, oh man, LZ. I mean, he's like huge and all that stuff. The next thing you know, it's like, well, if he's big, there's Goliath over here with like 25 million like subscribers. I'm like, see, see, that's another thing. Yeah. Think about it. You're like, oh, everybody should know who LZ is, but it's like, well, who's this guy? I mean, yeah. we just kept kept hearing it around the pit area. We're like. Well, yeah, he's supposed to be like this, you know, YouTube guy, and it, apparently he he has more followers. And I was like, okay, I guess, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'll be right. honest. I'll be one hundred percent honest. I did not. I never heard of him before then. Okay. Yeah, that that when when people were like, oh, he's bigger than LZ. I was like, what? That's that's astonishing, honestly. But you know, uh, I mean, I don't speak Portuguese, so I can't really relate in that sense. I mean, but it, do people expect you? No, I'm, no, but I mean, I'm just saying, you know, if he's he's so big, I just never got it, not never got around to knowing who he was because I, it's just kind of out of my market. But either way, but either way, okay. So yeah, LZ is going to Ford with RTR. We'll see what happens next season. I think it's going to be exciting. I, I wonder if he's at some point suggested trying to put the SR into an SR into the Mustang. <laughs> He's hating SRs. I don't know why he would ever do that right now. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just throwing it out there, maybe. Oh, man. Oh. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and, and uh, I think talk about one of the... Ma- I mean, sure, there was a OSW Black Friday event, which yeah. uh think Catron, I believe. He yeah. won the king of OSW title. I, I believe it was Catron, yeah. It's been a few weeks now, so I, I can't even remember been over a month wow or close to a month yeah a lot has happened yeah a lot has <laughs> happened since then but yeah christian catrone i mean he's a heck of a driver i've seen him drive up close and uh he's very impressive with very little i mean uh, uh, how close like a car length close or like well gabby's definitely been within a car length of him so oh. yeah so i was spotting for gabby when he went up against catrone oh okay i remember yeah. now yeah, yeah and let me tell you catrone is He's a good driver. I can't imagine what he would do with more power. You know, if, because that Z, if it's making 300 to the wheels, it's, it's a lot. You know, so he's I, it, he might be making more, but it doesn't seem that way. It, that car, but he can drive. The guy can drive. So okay. I, I, I can't wait to see more from him. And then uh, he's also with uh, Billy Mitchell. He has that black Z with the LS. I don't know. He was at PBR. That thing is rowdy. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. that that took place, and then the Clutch Kickers Fun Day event took place, and yeah. I was watching the videos. I was yeah. like, man, I really regret not being able to be there yeah. and have fun, and just not have to worry about uh, you know event stuff, and just be able to relax. 
Did you see they tried then, running a 30-car tandem? The, what do you mean tried? They did, no, right? They did, I guess. Yeah, yeah they, they did, for crying out loud. And, uh, I mean, I, I guess it worked out because we <laughs> didn't hear any reports of uh, of ambulances being having to get <laughs> sent out to yeah, recover. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, that was it was really cool. I did follow a lot of uh, Chris Jackson, uh, what World he famous. was doing. Yeah, and the Jackson performance team. And, uh, man, it looked like a blast. I, I really, you know, I really hope, well, this will be a few uh, topic that we're going to be going into, but I really hope that the track does stay around somehow, but we'll talk about that later. I definitely want a shot at driving that, that place because it looks, it, it just looks like every event they have over there is so much fun. You know, like yes. the, 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 the the competition events that we go to are great and everything. Uh, we When we go there, we're usually kind of focused on what we're doing. But when it comes to those fun day events, my goodness, they it just looks like it's so much fun. I mean, so much seat time and everybody's just having a good time and everybody's helping each other out. It's it's what man. I mean, it's the greatest place, at least in Florida, you know, <laughs> Uh, so. Well, it did get the title of Drifter's Paradise. Yes, it did. Which also sounds like an album. <laughs> uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who is it? Coolio? Yeah, don't worry uh, about it. <laughs> Let's just say it Not Gangster's like, Paradise, but Drifter's Paradise. Sounds like the title of an album. But um, yeah, it's... I mean, that was great. But then it's like this sudden announcement about... The well, the sudden announcement of the track being sold or something, right? Right. It 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 seems like it hasn't been been sold, but the lease is up, and the current owner is trying to sell it. Uh, at least that's what I got from all the first uh, all the stuff from like people who are involved and. You know, the Clutch Kicker staff and everything, they've been talking about it on Facebook. And that's what it seems like it's been is like their lease is up and like they can't use it now until somebody else comes in and and buys it out or whatever. I couldn't tell you exactly how that works, but it's sad. It's sad because it's such in such a short amount of time, it's become an icon in American drifting. Yeah, you know it's it, like it's been out there for two, two and a half years, maybe three, and like it, it, everybody that's involved in drifting has somehow heard of the Clutch Kickers track at East Coast, or excuse me, Emerald Coast <laughs> Dragway. <laughs> I have a problem with that. Every time I see EC, I think East Coast. Oh gosh, <laughs> and it's in fact not on the East Coast; it's on the West Coast, or actually Northwest Coast of Florida. Yeah, but um. But yeah, I mean, and and so many people like it. We've been there from about the middle, from from the middle on. We weren't there from the beginning, but even from the middle on, we saw so much growth of the track, the events themselves, like people just coming from everywhere to compete or just drive the track. And it's like it's really a sad moment right now to know that for now they're not going to be holding events. I hope I hope something happens Thanks. where that changes. So I, I just want to be absolutely clear that yes, well, for those of you that know us and know our involvement with Clutch Gears, like mm-hmm. yes, um, yes, we are uh, involved with them, but 
we're not necessarily like in the loop with everything right. that's take that's taking place. And I think in many ways that's a good thing because like Oh, we would screw it up. Yeah, we're we're probably <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we probably screw it up. So I think it's better that way. But uh, so when the announcement came out that the um, well, the venue was sort of the lease was going up and, and that was taking place, it was a shock to us, just like how it was a shock to everybody else, because mm-hmm. that was us hearing it for the first time. Right. And then the other shocker came about where there was this post by well i saw it on duarte's Mm -hmm. um facebook i believe yeah that's where i saw it yeah Yeah. and wait you sent it right yeah i i i saw it on facebook and we were just like playing xbox whatever and somehow i'm scrolling through facebook and i see duarte post about clutch kickers and i'm like let me or, or i saw no he posted about the the schedule for next year schedule of events schedule of events but for cletus for the freedom factory yeah not only freedom factory just cletus in general what he's gonna be doing oh okay and then i saw clutch kickers and i'm like he's gonna be at clutch kickers and then it says at freedom factory i'm like wait and then i was like oh maybe for two rounds or whatever i saw one round two round three round four and i'm like what's going on yeah you know, and uh, it just, I, I was like, why is it being held there? I mean, granted, I'm i am glad Cletus is taking it in and, and Freedom Factory, I'm pretty sure is going to be a great venue. But man, Emerald Coast Dragway has really cemented what it is to be a grassroots event that everybody can come and join pros, grassroots guys and pro-am, whatever. It doesn't matter whoever you are, you can come and compete and have a chance at it because a track is just built for that kind of thing. It's, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. You can pretty much do really well there if your driving allows for it. And I'm thinking like, I want to see what they're going to do with freedom factory, because if they use the bank man, the high powered cars are going to, you know, and I and I I hope maybe they do some sort of categorizing or something like where it's even for everybody. It's uh, but yeah, the culture that was built in Emerald Coast. I mean, it's just going to be so hard to to beat. Uh, you know. Yeah, I I just it's it's very it's very unfortunate, and like I mentioned, it was just a, a shock to hear that. Uh, well, the venue, and then all of a sudden, you shared with us the announcement that, and, and I found it hard to believe too. I was like, "Wait, hold on! Like, what's going on over here? This thing is happening so fast mm-hmm. that, and and not to mention that there was a bit of skepticism that I had towards it because we still hadn't heard anything mm-hmm. from Clutch Kickers themselves. Right? They hadn't made any sort of announcement on any sort of the, any other social media channels. And I'm just like, uh, let me just, res- uh, you know, not jump to conclusions. Maybe it's a typo. Maybe somebody uh, says something they weren't supposed to. I don't even know. Right. Then it was the day after that they made that post saying that uh, they couldn't do it anymore at the Emerald Coast Dragway. And they were now moving over to the Freedom Factory, all five rounds. Mm-hmm. And I was just like... 
Well, it, it at least it's, it's closer to us. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there's that. Yes, yeah. there's that. But it was just on so many levels. It was just. I don't want to say. I mean, it was. I don't know. It was very unfortunate. And yeah. and and I've gone through these sort of series of emotions, uh, based on. Our our experience losing local tracks, mm-hmm. like for instance, Hylia Speedway, uh, Canaline Dragway, mm-hmm. uh, and potentially Palm Beach International Raceway. Right. And so it's it's a bit of a gut wrenching feeling where it's like you have this home track that you've been going to for such a, a long period of time, and it's being taken away from you, and you're like. Well, first off, where the heck am I going to go now? Sheesh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the next track for, for us, it's like uh, three, hour, three, four hours, depending on how you go, if you want a hypermile or not. Yeah. But, um, and, and not to mention, like, it's, you have the competition taking place and it's great, but you also got to, for me, it, it, I take into account, like, everything else that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I made it a... Uh, like for me, one of the things I was looking forward to was the road trip aspect of it. Right. Where like I had it all like sorted out, all the things like all the stops, yeah. like yeah. on I ninety five, get off on Bucky's, right. enjoy something there, right? Uh, then uh, take I ten, and then uh, get off on the busy bees on exit uh, two eighty three, yeah, <laughs> and uh, check out their apparently world famous toilets. <laughs> Uh, Wait, I, whatever. I, we're gonna talk about that hey, one in private. What, what? <laughs> hey, they they advertise it like on all their signs. Really? Yeah. I, you know, I, that's They're, something I normally would catch, and I have never seen any of the any like. Is it on billboards? Yeah, it's on no billboards. Way. Right. I, I believe so, if I recall correctly. If not on the billboards, I definitely would see it on um on um on their re- the restrooms that would be You're like oh. 283 so that would be before getting to i70 like where i75 would meet right um if i recall correctly i75 happens and then 283 oh, if okay. i recall correctly oh that's really weird okay yeah so. but i could be wrong but and and then once once you're there, it's like, oh man, like all my hot spots that I would like to go to, either Peppers, Maguire's, <laughs> right. um, what you would call it now, uh, Pounders, if I recall correctly. Yeah, was the that, name. Was, that was the, a good the, one. the Hawaiian place. That was good. And so it sort of like became this like uh, vacation sort of getaway where it's like, oh, you know, you know, screw South Florida. Let's see what you know what's up over at Crestview and mm-hmm. all these things. And now it's sort of like. I can't do that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, not, not that I'm um, trying to knock on, on what's going to happen over at the freedom factory, right. but, uh, and I'm sure hopefully, I mean, the Island, the after party. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, yep. how is there an Island by uh, Brenton uh, for all we know? I'm pretty sure they'll find something out there and it's not too far away from Tampa. So, uh, but it hurts because I've, even though it's a nine and a half, 10 hour drive, that was part of the adventure, you know, mm-hmm. of going out there. Like you've mentioned, you you knew your spots. I just liked going out and just driving out somewhere. I, I, I enjoy that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just like, you know, being stuck. I, I'm, people might be thinking you live in Miami, bro. Like, come on. That's a destination hotspot. I'm like, yeah, you live here. You figure out it's not all that. 
But, but, anyway. but, it, but it's also those weird moments that really stick with you. Like yeah. uh, the water coming through the windshield and then you having to hold it up so that way it doesn't you don't get flooded by it. Uh, finding a, a caution autistic child sign just in the middle of nowhere. How is that funny? It's, it's just a weird thing. It's like oh, gosh. we were just weirded out by it. We were like. What, why is there a caution sign for that? Like, it's it, it just, we were thrown off. Uh, but, like, there's so many little things that would happen during a weekend that it's like, man, we're not going to really be able to do that anymore. Like, Freedom well, Factory. For now. Yeah, Freedom well, Factory is three and a half hours away from us. We can go the day of and then the next day come down. It's kind of like, you know, it. you, you kind of lose that whole day experience of, of just driving up and down. Um, but, and then of course the venue itself, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's definitely become iconic in American drifting and people come from all over, as I've mentioned before, and they love the place. It's a equalizer of a track, you know, uh, but we don't know what freedom factory is going to bring. Right. It could, it could potentially be better. It could potentially, you know, bring a whole new crowd. Freedom Factory is a big name, especially in the social media uh, crowds now, you know, so it's like it might. And on top of that, the seating, it has a tremendous amount of seating. So maybe they'll be bringing more uh, spectators. So that's those are some of the things that, you know, it might might work out a little bit better for clutch kickers. But um, but I still want to. I am going to, I don't know if they're going to be able to do um, fun days there. That's the only thing that uh, I'm really thinking that, oof, it might be tough, but we'll see what they, what they pull off, man. You never know. Yeah. For me, it's, it'll be if, well, actually, regardless of what happens, uh, I definitely do uh, plan on, on, on attending the event. Yeah. And for me, it'll be a bit, a uh, trip down memory lane mm-hmm. only because of, my prior trips there when it used to be the Soto Speedway. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, notably, they had the uh, Nopi Drift Qualifier yeah. that took place years ago, and you had uh, our local legend, South Florida legend. So I don't want to say the whole name because he told me to just drop it, but uh, just say Juan Hino. Juan okay. Hey Now. Hey Now. Yeah. I'll use that. The, the one yeah. that Tim would, would say. <laughs> yeah. Juan Hey Now. Yeah. Uh, he he won that event. And uh, I think there's also, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's a series of people there that I would call. I don't know if they're still around. I mean, you got uh, Craig Bollins. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's there. And then Patrick Gooden would also make it. Uh, Bill Sherman. Mm-hmm. Hachi Bill Sherman. I, I think he's in the Tampa area. Yeah, he's in the Tampa area. I got to catch up with him. I mean, I got to try to reach out, but. And then you got Jeremy Lowe. Well, that's right. Yeah, he's. Ah, that's right. You're right. You're he right, lives right. right down right down in that area. Uh, Dan Chilton, the other Arc 7 guy that real good friends with. Uh, but I, I, I think he's definitely. Well, both of them, I think they're definitely out. Yeah, I'm. I've seen things here and there where they might come back, but there's no promises on that. But yeah, I do miss, you know, seeing a lot of those guys out there and who knows, maybe this might inspire them to come back out. Yeah. Uh, having a competition like that so close, you never know. And uh, I'll tell you, Jeremy Lowe, if he does come back, that's he's going to be a threat. So, I mean, I don't want to, I'm trying to not 
speculate. Right, right. right and right. and it's only because again our association with the Clutch Figures true crew. Right. I don't wanna say something and the next you know, like, hey, those guys said it, that must be happening. It's like, no, 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 no. Again, full disclosure, they have kept us out of the loop. Yeah. And so we're on the same field as you guys. We're like, yeah. what's gonna happen? I mean we don't even know if they're going to use the same judges. We don't know what the track layout's mm-hmm. going to be. Well, the, uh, Zach, he mentioned that he was going to, um, what he said, that he was going to put, uh, he's working on prototype mm-hmm. for the layouts. Okay. So there's that going on. And I'm sure there, there's still a lot of things that they need to still work out. Uh, because again, this seemed to have moved a lot faster than what they, what they expected. Yeah. Based on how, the information traveled. I mean, the fact that we got it, well, you got it from Duarte before Clutch Kickers even had a chance to right. make an announcement. It's like, right. what's going on over here? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Shocking. But um, yeah, so we don't know who the judges are. I mean, hopefully the same. I mean, Will Parsons, yeah. uh, D Wayne, Ramsey. Dwayne, yeah. D Wayne. And uh, Officer Dan Brockett. Yeah. Hopefully they're still on. Or who knows if Patrick Gooden decides to just come back. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. What happened? No, nothing. I mean, you just we just don't know everything right now. For at least as what as we're concerned, you know, it it's up in the air. All we know is the venue is going to be Freedom Factory, which we are going to attend. Uh, at least, you know, I mean, in, in some capacity. At some capacity, exactly. And then, uh, and I'm excited for the fact that it's three and a half hours away. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm gonna miss the road trip. I'm gonna miss the venue itself, and you know, and and hopefully we see all or most of the same people that we would see over there at uh, in Holt, Florida, or maybe we might see more. Who knows, man? Make new friends. I mean, it's it's uh, it has the potential to be a really good time, regardless. What do you think? Okay, one thing I do want to speculate. Mm-hmm. What if? Because remember, like Von Gittin said that he's stepping away from like the top level drifting, and he's looking to do like other. What if he decides to enter Crush Kickers? Like, what do you think? How do you think that's gonna affect the playing field? Well, Let, let's just go, let's just work off of that. Well, it's hard to speculate off of that because you know, Von, what would he bring? Blah blah blah. But. But 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 Chelsea was talking about how he was building his Fox body Mustang for Emerald Coast. Oh, and now he's like, oh, no, no, I might need to throw more power at it. Uh, But so there was the chance of having Chelsea running in the series, which uh, would have been. Obviously, you know, we saw Chelsea two years ago come in, drive uh, one of Duarte's E46s and do really well, you know, uh, podiuming at that but, event. But you, st- you still haven't answered the question. Like, what, what if... Okay, okay. Let, let's put it this scenario, mm-hmm. all right? Let's say you got Vongen mm-hmm. showing up in Chelsea's Fox body. Yeah. Let's just go with that because you you seem to have a good handle of like what Chelsea has done with the Fox body. Uh-huh. And, and and let's just say that it goes and adds the power that he needs to be able to uh, compete right. uh, at, a, at a good rate. What do you think that's going to do uh, to the playing field? Do you think that Vaughn is going to upset the established order? Or do you think, I mean, because Alex Hollandale 
right? He could decide to still come back with the S14. Yeah. He might be like, you know what? Forget the 350Z. I'm just going to carry on with the S14. Yeah. So wh- what do you think? I mean, Von, I mean, if if they use the bank, then the, and, and, but he would need, definitely need more power. Let's say he does get more power. Uh, Von could definitely upset the order. I mean, he's got the skill. He's, you know, considered by many to be one of the top 10 drivers in the world, you know, in drifting at least. He could definitely really make a push to to, to upset some of the some of the other drivers, you know, or some or the order of, of things. Alec Honadel with that S14 is going to be hard to beat no matter what anybody's driving. I mean, even Vaughn. It, Vaughn would have to bring out his competition car for that one. I mean, Alec, oh. Alec is, he's a f- phenomenal driver. That car is very well set up and it has the power to compete just about anywhere. And, uh, I mean, it, I've never seen somebody that could drive so aggressively yet so consistently at the same time, you know, as far as like, at least at Emerald Coast, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, right, at, okay. at least there. I mean, I was gonna say, pal. Oh, there. Well, there's plenty of drivers, but then okay, let, let's let's talk about really aggressive drivers. Chelsea, is he consistent? No. Oh, whoa! Shots fired there. No, I'm being serious, and he knows it too. Uh, Osbo coined a term. I Chelsea'd it. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're being real about it. I'm sorry. It's just. And Chelsea's, you know, to me, the most exciting driver. Uh, but it's just like it's because either he's going to do something incredible that nobody else can pull off or just he might just push it over that one percent over mm-hmm. and screw up the whole run. So we've seen it so many times where he could have won the championship this year and he just pushed a little too hard, just a little too hard at, at that moment. What are you going to do? You know, but. It, I'm not saying that Chelsea is not as good as Alec. I think Chelsea has just about as much skill or possibly even more than Alec. But Alec can be can dial it up to being really highly aggressive, but do the same thing over and over and over and over. And I've seen him in Formula D as well, where he impressed me a lot at Road Atlanta. Alec Honado, that is. And, okay. And... Man, he was he could do the same thing over and over and still be aggressive. His flicks were incredible, like his transitions. Just I I mean, so it's like I it's not that it's just recent. He's been like this for a long time. And I would so to have Vaughn come over and try to challenge somebody like Alec, he might need his competition car. I'm just saying. He might. I'm not saying it's definite. He might need it. I'm just thinking about all the people in the comments talking about like, oh, these guys are biased. Well, you say stuff like that. <laughs> but has he not proven it? I mean, it's... Yes, it's, he has proven it, but it's just the way how you like word it. It's like, yeah, I'm there's not, there's uh, people out there that can just... I'm not saying somebody can't come, come and, uh, you know, wreck Alec a new one. I mean, it just, it can happen. It's just that... Alec right now has a hold on that. I mean, he won three out of five events this year. Okay. I'm just show, saying consistently. Were you, okay, be, be honest. Were you hopeful or did he had expectations that Devin with the 8-6 was going to take that? Come on. <laughs> You're like, Corolla! 
I was excited to see a curl out there and I was, you know, inside I was cheering for him, you know, but it's just like 200 horsepower, 250, whatever he had, you know, I was like, that's tough. That's real tough, you know, uh, but if there was one track that he could have done it, I, it would have been there. But I mean, look at the competition. Uh, every event this year at Clutch Kickers was won by an LS. Okay. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting stat. Yeah. And it was either an S chassis or a Miata. So. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Because all the S chassis were Alec. And then, huh, yeah. and then you had Taylor Ray and Ben Julian. Not in that order, but yeah. So no manufacturer would have gotten points. No. No, it would have been. Yeah, that's a good it's a good observation. I like that. <laughs> I like that. But uh, yeah, no. So, I mean, it's but I'm just saying right now with the way things are, Alec right now has a has a, a hold on what's what's going on. I mean, he he just really like showed us his, his full potential throughout the year. I don't I still think anybody can come in. Taylor Ray is, is going to have a new car with that Corvette. Oh, that's right. The vet. Yeah. Yeah. And that car looks pretty serious, you know, and I know, you know, even Alec himself uh, after the event, he was like, people are building stuff for next year and it's going to be tough. So I'm not saying that somebody can't beat Alec. I'm just saying with the way he's driving and the way the car is set up and everything, he has definitely level like he not level the playing field but he's really you know raised the bar this year hmm. so uh, i will tell you this that just talking about this took me back to sort of uh i'll just say it as disappointments on things that i was hoping to see but i didn't get i was like darn or mm-hmm. like uh we didn't get adam lz and taylor ray which many people were expecting so close. And, and, and I know it was, it was right <laughs> there. And the other one, and it's, it's funny because he's in the chat, uh, Brian Sturman and Devin. That would have been oh, gr- so great. I was just dude. like, E30, H6, battle of the old school vehicles. Bring it. And Bring it on. Power. Bring it on. Both of them running 15-inch wheels at the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, who does that anymore? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would have been oh, man, that would have been epic, really. And Sturman, I, I have to say, I'm very impressed with. I know he's going turbo now, but when he was NA with an M50 or M52, I forgot which one it is. Either way, not a lot of power. He'd get around that track and do really well. That was really impressive driving from Brian Sturman there. And I mean, I hope I can't wait to see what he comes. You know, when he's got more power, he's going to be turbocharged. Next uh, I, I'm sure he's happy. I mean, the, the track is now closer to him, so yeah. Oh, no, he's in Jacksonville. Oh. Yeah. You're right. So it might be... Womp, womp. Might be farther. We don't know. I don't know. It might... I don't know. We got to do the math on that one, but... Yeah. yeah. Let's get Gabby to do the math. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're going to be here for a while. Yeah. Um, But yeah, really impressed with him. Uh, I would like to see Devin come back with the 8.6. Uh, Devin Cruze. That is, uh, or, I, uh, how do you call them? The crazy man, the crazy man, Crusade. Yeah. Uh, he's, um, he's definitely building for more power. I've seen a lot of his posts on Facebook. He's building for more power. So we might get to see him come back. Hopefully he will come back to clutch kickers and, uh, do some damage. Don't know. Hmm. Um, but you know, there, there's, 
man, I'm telling you, people are coming out for this year. It's like the things that I've heard from here and there that I cannot confirm. It might. Look, I, I'm just I'm just worried that, yes, you're you've been hearing about all of these builds. But with the recent major announcement, mm -hmm. is that going to affect the plans? Is it just going to cause them to just go around and say, like, well, I'm going to sell this. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go focus on something else. And I would just wait for them to reopen the track because I, this is what the car was built for. I can see that. Look, Brandon Whitnick is a great example. 400 horsepower S chassis. That car was dialed for that track. Now he's got to come down to a track. If they are running the bank, that 400 horsepower might not cut it. It might just make it, but it might not cut it on that track versus a 900 horsepower car. So, yes, I can see the problems there. But, you know, are we are is what if clutch kickers is oh coming up with rules? We don't know about this, but what if they are make coming up with rules where it can hamper the higher horsepower cars. What if they are going to put like a tire rule in place? You mm. cannot run a higher or a lower than 300 treadwear tire. It's Look, I, I, I'll, let me just say this much that we, and, and, and just to, just to be clear, like we made the mistake of casting doubt on their abilities. Oh yeah. We did. went you know, from the get go. We're, I mean, main thing being is like a hundred thousand. I mean, we've said it before. <laughs> yeah. We're like, okay, whatever. But and they've proven us wrong. Oh, yeah. And so, and, and based on our uh, close involvement with their operations and how they function, I have faith and confidence that they will be able to, yeah. uh, to be able to, I want to say, like, entirely replicate the magic that they created mm -hmm. over at Emeralds Dragway. But I know for sure they're going to do whatever they can to make it happen, to make it work, to make the most out of the situation. Well, I want to call it a situation, but make make the most out of this opportunity mm -hmm. that was uh, that was brought forth to them. Oh yeah, and like we said before, you know, we're lucky to have a limited involvement with them because yes. if it was our ideas, it'd be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like you got to put the cones there, and then like two feet away, the other one there. Yeah, well, like how's that make sense? Don't worry. And as soon as you start the competition, it'll make sense. <laughs> yeah, we've we've uh, we've tried uh, running our own courses where we're like, wait, we got to readjust this really bad. Yeah, like each judge <laughs> scores a zone. Yeah, like separately. That's it. Oh, I, no, remember, I remember. I remember that. that one. That was a bad one. That was a bad one. But yeah, we've we've had our. Uh, experiments luckily we're not in charge of clutch kickers so it's in good hands i ex fully expect to see something incredible they're very creative too uh, over there they 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 know what they're doing mm. so they have a lot of they have uh they have people in that team that i mean they have a lot of great minds is what i'm gonna say, say about that but anyway so we'll see what yeah. freedom factory has to bring mm -hmm. I, I will say this though that i we promise you, the folks, the viewers, that um, we are going to try our best to grab one of the close kicker guys. We're going to actually try. You know, we're going to. I mean, the main guy that we're going to get is Zach. Zach. We and as soon as he's ready, we're going to be like Zach. You need to come on to the show and you need to explain everything to us. <laughs> All right, explain everything. First off, explain the Corvette. What is going on? What is happening Ooh, with that? Yeah. Uh, why are you tearing it apart? 
Why are you putting it out there? It's like, why? And then, and then talk about clutch kickers. It's yeah, like, we're, we're going to massage them into the clutch kickers. Wait, what? Top of it. Yeah, yeah. You got to like soften them up, like oh, talk gosh. about other stuff and then be like, okay, here, here come the really hard questions. Oh, uh, okay. You know, so uh, that, did you institute a roof rule? <laughs> a roof rule? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. With, uh, yeah, I remember that in Prospect. Uh, yeah, was, was it Novak, right? Nick, Nick Novak? No, Nick Novak, yeah. I believe it was Nick Novak. Yeah, yeah. his roof coming off at the entry of uh, Irwindale. That was crazy. Anyway, that, that was a whole topic that we had, if you want to go back to that episode. Fun times. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully more information will come out. But um, as we've mentioned before, uh, just make sure to follow Clutch Shakers on all the social media channels. And, uh, stay, uh, you know, stay tuned for more information and hopefully we, hopefully we get answers. Yeah. There are so many unanswered questions or like, I mean, I'm trying to yank my hairs, but I, I mean, there's not much, but <laughs> mine's growing out a little bit. Wait, what? Mine's growing out. You want some? Uh, no, that's fine. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, there's that. The other thing that took place, uh, drift week. Yeah. Drift week. I didn't keep up with it this time. Honestly, okay. yeah, I've been really busy with work and stuff, but uh, Drift Week, I'm pretty sure. I, I have seen a couple little things here and there, some interesting interviews that uh, Aaron Losey did, but nothing really having to do with Drift Week itself, more like uh, things that we might be seeing in the future or whatnot. But um, but either way, I, I, would, I would hope that one day I could attend a Drift Week. That just seems like a man, like just so much fun. You know, going from track to track. It's an adventure in your drift car that where you go drifting, but it's also a big road trip and just, you know, and you get some challenges where you have to, re, you know, uh, repair your car and whatnot. But I mean, it's just in its current state right now. And it's how do you how do you think the Mustang would fare uh, at a drift week? <laughs> With a couple more mods, I think that no, 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 no. I, no I'm talking about in the current state right now, sir. Oh, no, no modifications. It'll, oh no, it'll it, it it'll crash. It'll crash. Yeah, with me behind the wheel for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but that that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. No, no, the car the, the car still needs a couple things to be just right, but uh, but it's coming soon. Actually, uh, some crazy things just happened. Where yeah, it's coming soon. Okay. So, but uh, I would definitely like to take a car like my Mustang out there. I think that that car with, you know, a little bit of maintenance, you know, that it needs uh, would fare very well because it's mostly a stock 4.6. Those things are pretty hard to break unless you're pushing it, you know, with a supercharger or something. And mine doesn't have a supercharger. Uh, and I think just about any well-built car that's, about four to 500 horsepower can just make it just easily, you know, as long as it's not an SR, you know, <laughs> what's wrong with SRs? Oh, uh, we know how we know how they don't last. Okay. They don't All last right. at 300 horsepower. Come on. Okay. All right. If you say so, <laughs> but no, a lot of cars now with about 500 horsepower, they say reliable. Look at the Corvettes, look at the Mustangs, look at, you know, uh, even cars like the, well, the 350Zs need a little bit of internal work, but if an HR can do it, an HR can do it with that kind of power and and have plenty of power for drifting, still be reliable, still get pretty decent gas mileage on the trip. Okay, let me ask you this then. How what is what is the minimum amount of horsepower you feel that someone needs, a driver needs to be competitive at the Freedom Factory? 
for the upcoming season of Clutch Kickers. The if, minimum, the minimum. If they're using the bank, I will have to say minimum 500 horsepower. Really? If they're using the bank. Well, I would, I would say to stay competitive. Oh, man, that was about 500 horsepower already at, at, at Emerald Coast. I'm going to have to, like, update mm-hmm. this number here. Yeah. I would say about 600. 600? 600. Wow. Yeah, which is getting up there. You know, I, I mean, it's still reasonable if you have the right engine set up. You know, nice LS with internals and a supercharger. You can get that easily and it'd be reliable. The thing is, is that, you know, the bank... If they use the bank, that's what's going to be the determining factor. Because if, as you know, when you go on a bank, even though the turn, the radius might be a certain way, it just makes it that much, you generate that much more grip because your car is being pushed into the bank. Mm. So you need the power to be able to break traction. And then on top of that, you want to be fast because the cars that are going into that bank, they're moving, especially if we're talking about, you know, some of the pro cars or ex-pro cars, pro spec cars whatever's out there it's going to be fast mm-hmm. so you're gonna you know 600 horsepower i would say is about minimum if they use the bank if they don't it'll be back down to 450 500 i would say maybe even 400 you can do some damage look at brandon whitnick he was competitive 400 horsepower so that's true yeah so i would say 550 600 for the bank if okay no bank Back to where it was at Emerald Coast, 400 to 500. Huh. Well, I'm definitely curious to see how that's going to actually play out. So, yeah. guys, make uh, make sure to take note of this. So that way, if uh, no is wrong, of course, sound off in the comments oh, at the wrong. Crush Chickers industry. <laughs> it's like that, that kid with the, all the information was wrong. Uh, I'm always wrong. I mean, <laughs> come on. It's me, guys. Please. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> The uh, one of the other things uh, I wanted to bring up that was um, quite uh, I was quite uh, excited to see the who was it uh, Driftmasters mm-hmm. they put out a virtual competition on a Soto Corsa oh yeah and so okay because I remember uh, Gabby J the Kong Kwu collected. Uh, uh, individual with the 350z that'll blow your ears there we go can't believe i forgot no, i had, to, I had to keep you going there for thanks for saying bro appreciate it thanks bro um yeah they they put out a competition and to kind of like make a long story short basically whoever wins the competition gets flown out to poland i believe yeah well i mean that's it's, where Peter's from yeah so. Basically, they get flown out somewhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. We'll leave it at that. Uh, with the opportunity to drift uh, a car. Yeah. And it turns out it wasn't just any car. It was uh, Pieta's the Candyman's yeah. uh, drift machine. Yeah. And you saw the whole video, right? Yeah, I saw it. It was, it was incredible. Well, go on. Oh, but it's it was it's great to see the um well it was great to see entirely what uh, transpired simply because there there's always been this sort of kind of like notion that it's like if you're good in in the virtual world a lot of it should be able to translate well mm-hmm. into the real world right. obviously it depends of course on the individual to be able to kind of make the connection so mm-hmm. that way then they could go ahead and progress but right. to see that happen it's just like uh 
It's very uplifting. It's very motivating. It's right. very inspiring, I right. would say. Uh, when you have somebody, I mean, again, we don't even know if what kind of car he has, if he does any drifting, uh, real life drifting himself. I don't think he's. Which I think that's something that one key detail they should have, uh, you know, touched on. I think he mentioned something about not having a drift car, but I would have to go back and watch that. Yeah. But go ahead. Go ahead. But. Uh, that's a key detail I think that would have been uh, really helped out because if this was somebody that had no drift car and just was just that good in the virtual world, I think it would have just made more of an impact as in regards to the whole idea that they're trying to sell, mm-hmm. which is it's like, oh, if you're good in the virtual world, you should be able to pick it up and be good in the real world. Right. And I've noticed that. I've noticed that on a lot of things. I've noticed people that just got into drifting like young kids that are 18 19 just got a drift car they go out to the track right away are killing it and i ask them i'm like what are they they're like oh it's my first event i'm like what are you doing simulator what are you doing (laughs) they're like oh i'm on a simulator i'm like this is so crazy because I've tried simulator. I'm not saying I'm a great driver or anything because uh, obviously I'm out of practice. But uh, well, you mentioned it earlier. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I can get around a track when, with enough seat time, right? It's not that big of a deal for me. But I've gotten into simulators and it takes me time to start getting used to it. Like really like being like, okay, it's more like this or that. These kids come out of the simulator and are jumping onto the track, killing it right away. So it's like it's it's easier for them to get off the simulator onto the track and do well than somebody that's been on the track for a long time and then get into a simulator. Mm. And I think it's the fact that the people who drive in real life or start driving in real life are reliant more on G forces, things that that are telling your body like the direction of the car, where it's going or things like that, where Mm. you get that like butt dyno thing where it's like, you kind of know what's happening just by the seat of your pants. Well, let me add to that, where it's not it's not only about the G-forces, but it's also so much more to it, where it's like the temperature, the, the well, the, one of the major things, and, and this, this comes down to the game and the settings, is that oftentimes when you're playing in the game, there's no tire wear. Yeah. And that's something that you're, in the real life, it's sort of you're paying more attention to because oh, that's, that's a good observation. Yeah, the more the tire wears down, you're having to adjust your driving, mm-hmm. meaning that you're sort of more sensitive with the throttle, yeah, and making constant adjustments. Mm-hmm. Not to mention too that the as much as the simulators try to recreate the physics of a real life, yeah, uh, uh model of a of a track and. And the tires and how it makes contact with it—it's not going to be the same. And no. it's sort of, and yes, the G forces and the weight transfer, and all those things, and the visceral feeling of like of trying to stay strapped down because you <laughs> forgot that uh, uh, that one bolt in the seatbelt harness, and you're just sliding around like ah. Or you have a stock Mustang seat. Oh, that <laughs> Trust too. me, it's bad. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, so you have all of that taking place, and um, you you do what you can to to try to try to work around those parameters. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely agree that it's harder for someone that's really good in, in real life IRL mm-hmm. 
trying to transition or recreate the same kind of movements going into the virtual world. Yeah. And I think it would probably be easier if you go like with how some of these guys that go through like these crazy expenses of mm-hmm. like getting those like simulator rigs that like move and like um, shake and yeah. do all those things. And I'm just like, whoa there, pal. Okay. Yeah. It's Relax. too much. <laughs> but what was, what was your take on, on that? I mean, I mean, it was, it was just incredible to see somebody that I, from what I remember said that he has no real life drifting experience, just jump into a championship winning car that the, you know, the, the people always think, oh, it's a well set up car. It's still a 900 horsepower beast with tons of grip that mm-hmm. things happen very quickly. And this kid just jumps in and just starts drifting. I mean, granted, he's not coming in at 100 miles an hour or anything mm-hmm. like that, but you could tell he could build up to that and do really well right off the bat. And even Piotr was like, like, he was like, you're a natural. Like, this is just, this is so easy for you. This is crazy. And then he even started tandeming with him. And it's just like, it was like the kid knew what to do right off the bat. It was incredible to watch. And I really, and I'm telling you, I've seen so many people go from a real car into a simulator and it doesn't work the same. It's just like, they're lost. Like uh, a good example Paul, Paul says he. Who's who's Paul? Our Paul. Okay, but you say you say Paul, and it's like people yeah. are like, who who's Paul? What Paul? Paul, big ogre guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul from our show, Paul yeah. Murphy. Yeah. So he gets he's talking about like the simulator doesn't make sense to him. Like the car just wants to spin out all the time, and and I can and then after I tried it, I'm like I kind of see what he's saying. I mean, I've played other video games where you don't have all those senses, but it's not the same as a Seto or any of those you know real close to real life simulators. Mm-hmm. But I I started picking up on it a little bit quicker because I already had video game experience. But but my real life experience was telling me like there's so many things that are wrong here. And I, but I was just like, I I was like, man, the future of motorsport is in these guys that run simulators. (laughs) Like, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of these people going into real motorsport from the simulator world. And, uh, that's kind of crazy to think about it, you know, because, uh, how, how has motorsport been since the beginning? Like, you know, you get, you get a young child from four or five years old, get them in a go-kart, you know, take them out racing right away. And they, they grow, grow. And then they get into higher forms until they get into one of the big forms of motorsport, NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One. I want to tell you something. You're the guy that hates the future. I know this because you're like, everything's going to be electrified. Everything's going to be virtual. So, I'm not a you're, fan. You really are not looking forward to the future. I know that. In in a sense, I, I'm not in a many fan. Senses. I'm not a big fan of all that, right? But I understand that's where the world is going. And it's like I've come to my senses in the sense where it's like, okay, I'm not liking it very much. But I know that one day I'm just going to have to, you know, if I want to continue on with this, I'm just going to have to move on. I mean, I started thinking about like, man me not liking evs and all this stuff 
I feel like the guy that was really into carburetors and fuel injection is starting to take over. And it's like, oh, that fuel injection crap. Like, I'm like, oh, no, I'm that old guy. Like, I got to stop doing that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I got to start realizing, like, hey, this is the future. We can still like what we like. But, you know, this is where it's going. I still don't think that it's going to be all electric cars by 2035. I think that's just I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're still going to have some alternative forms of fuel or still run some gasoline if you could afford it at that time when it's like $70 a gallon. No, I'm kidding. Huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Probably in Europe. Uh, pro- <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have to do something about the Mustang real quick. That thing goes through premium, like it's oof. Uh, and then the truck. But anyway, um, so I I understand that. I understand that. Now, I am still a fan of internal combustion. I'm still a fan of seeing uh, that kind of like that more mechanical. More, it's almost more organic if you want to call it that way, like way of transportation and motorsport and all that, because it's just, I guess that's the way I grew up, you know, and I'd like the way cars sound, you know, uh, the way an engine sounds, you know, like it's just that's exciting to me when I hear a car. Like I watched Formula E one the other day and I was like, this is boring. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry, this is just not it for me, but I understand that. I might have to somehow get with the program, pal. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't know if I want to continue in motorsport. I guess that's where it's going, but I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where drifting goes. Who knows? Maybe electric is not the way for drifting. But Did maybe. you know that Ford is offering uh, electric crate engines? Are they? You didn't know that? No, no, because I don't. I don't care for electric stuff. Come on, man! I, I thought you follow all things Ford. No, no, no. There's some things where I'm just like I'd rather not. I'm selective to uh, my my news intake. Oh, okay. All so right. tell 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 me tell me about the the Ford electric engines or electric motors, really. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and pull this up over here. Let me make the adjustments so everybody can see what we're talking about. And there we go. Ford's 281 horsepower electric crate motor costs $3,900, and you can buy one now. Well, it already makes more power than my two valve 4.6, so there's... <laughs> Look, at that. Much. Look at that beauty. Oh. Look at that. There's nothing exciting about that. You well, know? What are you talking about? It, just, it has ribs. It has... Um, but where does the air go in and where has, does it come out? It has grooves. Where does the fire come out? It has... Um, um, bolts? Does it make a sound? Does it... Well, the Mach-E made a sound, right? That, so those are differentials. Different. Okay. That's what, or at least that's what they said it was. I don't know. Oh, oh, look, or you could buy two and make a powerful all-wheel drive hot rod like Ford has. Oh, so is it, hang on. What hot rod do they have that's all-wheel drive? I don't know. Maybe the Mach-E. That is that a link? About. What? No, scroll over with the, the, the words. Oh, wait. Where? This? No, uh, up, 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 up. Up where? Up. Right there. Scroll over that. I thought that was, thought that was a link. It's not a link, man. It's a highlight. Okay. It's a, well, they're just, trying to highlight. They let you know, like, hey, look, you buy two. So, okay. like, they're trying to sell you. Well, can I put? Can I buy two and put them both on my rear wheels? Because that would be. I, I'm sure it's possible. They do that. That's 562 horsepower. I I could probably get on with that. You know, why not? I mean, it'll be kind of. I'll miss the sound. 
but it's it's plenty of power to go drifting with that. I mean, how many RPM can that thing spin? Beats me. Yeah, you see, there's so many things that it's it's not just horsepower. There's so many things that go with it. You know, like it, it, hang on, let me enhance the. Uh... <laughs> they call it the illuminator instead of the illuminator. There you go. <laughs> wow. Okay, so we knew Ford was formally rolling out its illuminator electric crate motor this year at this year's SEMA show. That is funny to me. Uh, let's see. And hey, look, 634 pounds of torque. It's a lot of torque, but how many RPM? Oh. You see, there's there's a lot of things that go with it. Is Isn't there that... a dyno around here that we could dynograph? <laughs> if it's that much, po- that little power with that much torque, it's not a lot of RPM. So it's like you have to re-gear it for that. What transmission bolts up to it? I think it goes directly to the wheels, doesn't it? Because they're saying if you buy two of them, you can make it all-wheel drive. So it wouldn't go to... I think it goes to the wheels. So then you would need four. You got four wheels, No, it powers powers two wheels each. Oh, so it'd be in at the differential then? Yeah, it'll be like, like a diff. Oh, but okay. all your power is coming from there. Oh, I mean, weighs 205 pounds. Well, that's way lighter than my two valve four four point six. So, <laughs> I mean, there's advantages, obviously. Okay, then yeah. let me ask you this: You think with this engine, you'll be competitive at clutch kickers? No, it's it, no season three, right? No season three. No, I would need at least two of those, both powering my rear wheels. Uh, and I don't know how if you could uh, how you could uh, make that work. Man, that's something. I mean, two eighty one. My engine from the factory made two sixty. I got cams, long tubes. I got a bunch of bolt ons on it, tuned and everything. So, so from two sixty, I probably have about close to three hundred crank. Yeah. So I'm making a little bit more than that. But I get it. It's cheap. It's light. It has plenty of torque. I don't like that. It doesn't make sounds. Okay. All right. (laughs) It'll make some kind of sound. I'll tell you that much. But yeah, so that's that. They have a great engine, man. That's neat. Uh, Look, the future is obviously electric, and there's going to be ways of, you know, getting these things to work in drift cars. They're already fast. I mean, look at the Teslas, the, the, uh, the Plaid. They just raced the Hoonicorn against it, and it, it did a lot better than I expected. You know, the Hoonicorn still won, but that's, come on, 1,400 horsepower, all-wheel drive, lightweight, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different animal there. But uh, they did race the 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 Model S Plaid or whatever it's called against a 1,000 horsepower McLaren, and it beat it every time. And they put five people in the, in the Tesla, and it still beat a 1,000 horsepower McLaren. Jeez. And then on top of that, it was braking better. Than the than the thousand horsepower McLaren, which I'm like, McLaren's supposed to be a race car, should stop on a dime. And the 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 plaid with five people in it weighing so much more because those things are already close to five thousand pounds as it is. Yeah. Still still break I'll break the a, a, a McLaren. So obviously, you know, Tesla and all this electric stuff is is, you know, the way of the future. And uh I'm I mean I'm I guess I have to be there for it because I like cars. Okay. So uh, talking about being there, are you going to be there for this? The LZ Invitational. We should try to make a push for it. Happening December 19th. 
at Orlando Speed World. What do you think? Do you think we should go out there? I don't know, man. Yeah. It's a look, it's a YouTube a members only event, right? No? Oh, that's just a live stream. That live stream. I think it's yeah, it's it is what, like 30 bucks to get in. Yeah, thirty dollars per spectator. <laughs> I'm taking over Tim's job here of messing up all the words. Sheesh, man. Come on now. <laughs> Thirty dollars per spectator. Don't pick up bad habits. No, I, I know, I know. It's just he's not here, so I'm like making up. Ah, okay, that makes yeah. sense. All right. So, and then, but uh, still, it's an exciting event. I mean, you got you you got a bunch of guys out there going out there to, to compete for a top sixteen, and then you have Pat Good and Chelsea Denofa, and uh, who else is judging? And Adam LZ is one of the judges as well. I wonder what Pat is going to show up. Uh, passionate or King at Spring Break? And they're also doing a demo. Like those three guys. Demo? Oh, okay. Yeah, All so right. they're like doing like they're doing their own drift tandems and well, stuff. Together. That's one side of the thing. Let's check out the other half. Okay. Oh, we, go. we got the there. official driver's list here. Ooh. We got a medley of stars. You got it. <laughs> Cause I am just thinking about it like as an award show, like those yeah. old school like movie awards yeah. show. <laughs> and it's just like um what's it again? How was it I saying? It's like and we have the LZ Invitational featuring a million stars from YouTube, <laughs> such as Aaron Lutze, Chris Rudnick, Duarte Viana, Sam Lucas, and so much more. Make sure to check out the LZ Invitational happening at Orlando Speed World. Oh, look, it says guest driver and judges on the bottom. There you go. You got Adam LZ and a 2JZ E36. I'm pretty sure that's his competition car. Then you got Chelsea driving a 750 horsepower Mustang RTR. Must be the, the demo car. Uh, yeah, it must be the demo car. And then you got Pat Gooden in a 450 horsepower LS SC300. I think that's, uh, what was it again? Tassinero, I think his name is. Yeah, Tassinero is driving, but I think it's somebody else's car. I keep forgetting the name. It's the black one. It looks like yes. a Dale Earnhardt car. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, that car is cool. I like it. Um, but so, let me ask you this. Um who do you not know from this uh, roster of uh, competitors that it's going to be taking place? Uh, I'm not sure who Grant Anderson is. Oh, okay. I guess he's with Adam LZ. Uh, we know Hurt, Jason Dixon. We know Jimmy Oaks. We know Johan. We know Lee Yearwood. We know. Oh, Johan is driving. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I I'm excited to see Dude, him. Out there. It's been a long time since I've seen him. I mean. Personally, like the last time I saw him drive, oh shit, yeah, hang on. Personally, the last time I saw him drive, yeah, was in uh, Three Palm Speedway. Oh wow, yeah, and that was a long that time was ago. Like since... Years ago, I feel old, but still, regardless, last that time, was a long time ago. The last time anybody drove there, I think it was like 2014 or something like that. So it's been 2014 or 15, something like that, around there. It's been a long time since uh since you've seen him drive then uh i'm not sure who trevor jameson is uh motion auto tv i guess i gotta check him out but just about almost everybody else i, I know who they are so who who's who's sponsored by junk <laughs> chris rudnick uh man i don't know is that his uh youtube channel <laughs> I like it. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, let's, let's go for that. Yeah, yeah. So R- Rudnick is gonna take it. We're yeah. putting we're putting our bets on <laughs> Chris Rudnick. If you're listening to this, we we got your back. Bro. Yeah, man. On that <laughs> four. I mean, is that intentional? Four twenty 
Wheel horsepower, 420 uh, Mint Genesis. There's okay. a lot of people with 420s. I think it's it, I think it's on purpose. You got Aaron, Aaron Losey with 420 horsepower, Chris Rudnick, then you got Grant Anderson, and then you got Jimmy Oaks. All of them have 420 horsepower. Ah, and the official announcer is Tommy Effia. Okay. <laughs> You sound like you know who that is. No. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't. Either way, it looks like it's going to be a fun event. Uh, and I'm sure LZ has going to have a lot of stuff there to do anyway. You know, he, he brings out the vendors and stuff. So it, it definitely looks going to be, it looks to be like an interesting event. Yeah. I might make it out there. Who knows? Yeah. Well, weren't you going to wrench on uh, your Mustang? Oh, I got plenty to do on that too. So. There's a there's a lot going on. So there's a lot going on. Okay. Yeah. Hang on, because I'm I'm trying to find the video right fast of what I was talking about. Ah, here we go. I found it. Hang this on. is an iPhone. Ugh. Damn it. Well, I'm I'm almost there. Hang on, I'm just gonna wait for this thing to uh, pop up here. There we go, and we got this. Hang on. Almost there. Let me just dismiss a couple of things. And it's just, it's embarrassing for crying out loud. <laughs> See, look at that. Johan in the mix. What's up with that? You got a young Johan. Hey, how come I, oh, that's right. I muted the uh, audio. Whoopsies. <laughs> there we go. I hope that's not loud for the uh, viewers. This guy could rip. Yeah, he. It's just, I mean, it's cool that he's wrenching and so, but I mean, there's talent. Yeah, we want to see him drive. I, I think, I think he's got a lot of potential. Let me tell you, Three Palms was an interesting oval. It, it, it was more wide than it was long. <laughs> I don't know okay. if that's, I don't know if that's the right way to end it. The, I mean, I never drove on it, but just looking at the way the bank was, the, the way the, the, the angle of the bank and the way the... It didn't look like it was like your traditional oval for some reason. It looked like you had to drive it a little bit differently, but, you know. So he it, it, it was definitely adapted. And that was Johan. Nice. Hey, look at it's on there. Oh, look, <laughs> it's Paul. Yeah, right. And and me yeah. and Tim. Oh boy. Oh uh, yeah, we gotta get out of there. Yeah. Right. So, uh, <laughs> any uh, closing remarks? Anything else you want to mention before uh, we sign off? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the news is way out there. I mean, everybody knows if you're in the drifting world, uh, Ebisu Minami course obviously is uh is did we talk about that already no we have not talked about it what oh gosh okay it's actually official it is now a dirt course oh so, yeah 
So it's uh, or at least uh, I saw a video of Neil Tosunaga riding a, his dirt bike uh, through the dirt of what used to be Minami. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, they just had their last D1 event uh, a couple weeks ago uh, where Naoki Nakamura won the championship, which is a uh, if you're an avid follower of the JDM stuff, he's uh, considered to be one of the best in the world, actually on par with maybe James Dean and and people like that, but with a little bit of a different style. Uh, but yeah, that 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 was kind of a nice uh, send off, I guess, for for uh, Ebisu to have its last D one event there and uh, have Naoki win it. And but I mean, it's an iconic track that you know we're gonna miss. You know, I mean, I I've never been there, but it's like that was always a dream to go there. You know, to to and and specifically, Ebisu has many courses. But Minami is the one that everybody wanted wanted to go to because it had the jump and it was just wild. It was just a crazy track. It was blind into the jump and you jump and either you're going into the wall or you're not making the corner. But like to see it, it really like developed some of the craziest driving and drivers uh, in that track. And well, it's sad it's gone. So. So many tracks are leaving us for crying out loud. Stop. Make it stop. Yeah. We, it's like a, a whole pandemic in itself. Yeah. Like just, you know, just stop it from happening, please. Yeah. Josh. Yeah. Oh. Like we should start a movement, like save the tracks. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not just in Florida. In fact, New Orleans, NOLA. I don't think they're doing drifting there anymore. Wait, NOLA? No. Someone named the track after you? No. Wait, what? <laughs> no, the NOLA is a is a road course and cart course uh where they had where they were doing a few drift events. It were really good drift events and then mm. and the track was the cart track was so good. But uh I've recently heard that they're not doing drifting events there anymore, uh which is sad. And I mean, we just you know, we got to figure something out. And the thing is, the funny thing is is that drifting in its current form, when it comes to the grassroots, people are looking for those cart track types. You know, like, well, we had that at PBIR, and when they took that away, that was that was a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, I remember there was mixed emotions about the cart track. I don't the, know. Most of the people I talked to, that's where they wanted to drive. Well, I'm just saying, like, not everyone was happy about it. Should I call it? I don't want to say names. No. All right. There's one in particular who we know. Yes. Very close. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's very loud. Well, the car is at least. <laughs> uh, I just let me just not go any further from that. But he was and he made a good he had a good point. And that is that the car track didn't really allow him to open up the vehicle mm-hmm. and really push it the way how he built it. The way, right. and, and so he felt that it was more of a hindrance, hindrance, whatever. Right. Uh, then uh, I'm just, I'm still, I just got hit with that uh, poorness word poorness. that he used from like, <laughs> from last episode. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. But in any case, but going back, yeah, he, uh, he mentioned that valid point. I get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's sort of like, well, you may be a minority when it comes to that. Mm. Well, based on what you're saying, because it seems like the majority of the people were fans of the car track, right? Yeah. Well, think about clutch kickers. Everybody likes the Emerald Coast drag uh, drag strip track because it's a tight technical track that, 
you know, you could bring whatever you want and have a good time. And I look at some of the tracks that are being built uh, or that have been built. Villain Sportsland, uh, Honda Muscleman's, uh, Apple Valley Speedway. Wait, go back. Honda Muscleman? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a track. Wait, what? Yeah, out in the West Coast. Wait, Honda Muscle Men. It's not spelled the way you think it is. Hang on, I'll I'll show you. So go on, but no, I, I I can't move on because you're telling me there's a track named Honda, or it's pronounced Honda Muscle Men. Mm. Are am I am I correct? Or, 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 or muscle men Honda. Mus- oh, oh. Yeah. It's uh it's a so, track in can Arizona. You, can you can you spell it out, please? Uh M-U-S-S-E-L-M-A-N. Oh, okay. Like a like a muscle. Like you're like what you get from the is from the ocean, right? A muscle well, whatever. Okay, so it's not Honda Muscle Man. Yeah, Honda Muscle It's it's Muscle Man Honda. Yeah. Or yeah, Muscle Man Honda circuit. Yeah, that's they've used that in Drift Week a lot. It's really cool track. It's very go kart. Okay, all right, Apple well, Valley Speedway. They, well, hang on, before we move on, thank you for clarifying it because I was just gonna like oh, lose you were, my mind. You were thinking that they had like uh, bodybuilder competitions on there or something? <laughs> I don't know. With a strongman uh, competitions, like dude, with a name like that, I don't know what yeah. to expect. Uh, I mean, it's like. Wait, what's happening here? Like, is this even a track? Like, should I even bother going? I mean, it's a track. It's a track. It's a really good track too. Yeah, but but a track for cars, right? For cars, not not for like bodybuilders or anything like that. Motorcycles, go bodybuilders that only drive Hondas. No. (laughs) I'm a huge man in a small car. Oh man. Oh, uh, anyway, but yeah, I I feel like uh grassroots drifting driving, is going driving a CRX. Yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs> a, a dull soul. <laughs> At least it's not a Honda Beat, okay? Oh. That's real tiny. No. Uh, that'd be or the, or the that'd city. be great. That'd be great. Yeah. Or the city? Yeah. Yeah. What was the little van called? The Life on the Life or something? It's like really small van. Whatever. Anyway, that's just a whole yeah. other topic. Okay. Yeah. We're losing people. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let, let, let's wrap it up. Come yeah. on. So anyway, I think uh, grassroots drifting is kind of in in there, like with the go kart style track. Uh, that I think that's it. Park is another good example. So uh, where Chelsea does all his videos and stuff, that's a great track. And people love driving on that. And I think, you know, we would like to, I would like to see more tracks like that pop up, especially here in Florida. So we can have something like that. Clutch Kickers was the closest thing to us. Uh, And I would like to see that come back and, you know, somebody build something kind of close to that because the high speed tracks are great, but they wear down the tires too quickly. The car gets hot real fast because you're, you know, you're flooring it everywhere you know, and it's a little more things wear out faster with 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 the high speed tracks, and of course, it's also more dangerous. But which is actually more exciting for some people. So, mm-hmm. anyway, those are my thoughts. Yeah, I'll miss um, you, Abby, soon. <laughs> so, two weeks from now is what you say. It's it Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. So, yeah. I don't believe we're going to be able to do a show no. because we're just going to be too busy uh, going crazy on the eggnog. Correct. Yeah, and then uh, next the week after that is New Year's Eve. 
New Year's Eve. Yeah. So. Okay. So we'll. Okay. Let's try to do something in between. Try to like we'll try squeeze to, in. Yeah. So it may not necessarily be like two weeks from now. It might be a week. Yeah. Or so because I say this because I really want to uh, pick out your brain and and and, and get a full in depth review on the new Forza Horizon game. All right. Okay. All so right. hopefully by then you have everything detailed. And there's a couple of events taking place. And who knows? We might have from here and maybe a week or two from now, we might have uh, one of the Clutch Figure guys available to come onto the show yeah. and, and and sort of break things down for us because we need we need answers. All right. We need it. I know it's too late to plan for this, but we should have done a Secret Santa with bad gifts. Oh, gosh. <laughs> You uh, know, that's that actually, uh, yeah, that would have been actually a great idea. That would have been great. Damn. Cool. All right. right in any year. case, well, folks, thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm sorry. We truly appreciate it. And uh, like we said, uh, we're going to, well, whenever we get our schedules aligned, we'll make an announcement and we'll let you guys know for the next episode. But until then, enjoy yourselves and we'll catch you next time. Take care. Good night.